More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, strong relationships. Dealing with a difficult relationship? Having a hard time connecting with someone important to you? We're going to help you strengthen all your relationships at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical, theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, strong relationships. Are you dealing with a difficult relationship? Maybe something is coming between you and someone you care about. Maybe you're struggling to see eye to eye with someone. Or maybe someone's hurt you in a particular way, or you're just not sure why you're having a hard time connecting with that important person in your life. Whatever the reason is, we want to help you take the next steps toward healing and strengthening those strained relationships. The number to call is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let us help you remove the obstacles between you and that person that you care about you know we're really created for unity with one another and when we are in a strained relationship whether that is a very important relationship to us a close member of our family a dear friend that we've had a falling out with or even if it's just strained in a more peripheral relationships somebody at work who every time you have to see them they go past your desk or you pass them in the hallway or you're at the coffee pot with them your shoulders go up around your ears your spine tenses because you know that there's something strained between the two of you somebody in the pickups pickup line at school or on your kids team and you're thinking I could really enjoy this game if that person wasn't there whether it is a close relationship, which of course really cuts us to the heart, or a relationship that we have to deal with, but it it shouldn't matter this much, but it does, and we don't know what to do about it. It's the don't it's the not knowing what to do about it that we want to help you address today so that you can bring more unity into your relationships and have more peace in your life. Because when we are in a strained relationship, it begins to affect everything. The tension we carry in our bodies, the level of, of you know joy that we can have. Maybe we're grumpy, maybe we're not feeling very well, maybe we're taking the grumpiness out on other people, all because of that one or two strained relationships in our lives. Let's help you get your peace back today. Give us a call at 877 7825 that's 877 573 
7825. And it doesn't matter whether um, you know, you're talking about somebody very close to you, like your spouse. Right. Or, or one of your, and you know, it could be, and you could have a straight relationship with your kids too. Even, oh, even yes, little kids, you right? can. Uh, you know, whether they're adult kids or they're younger children, um, you know, there's sometimes in families there is that one kid that's just really hard to connect with for whatever reason, or it could be an extended family member, your parents, uh, a friend, whatever, whoever it is. We want to help you strengthen and heal those relationships. Give us a call at eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven. Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. We want to help you find those next steps toward healing and strengthening those strained relationships. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you're not familiar with what the Theology of the Body is, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years on how creation... God's creation reveals God's plan for leading a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. Well, I really appreciate the wisdom of the theology of the body that informs this conversation today, because too many of us say, well, you know, fallen world, we're going to have strained relationships. It is what it is. Let's just not think about it. But the theology of the body actually reminds us that we were created for relationship, for communion with others. And that the most important thing we can spend our time and energy on is cultivating as much closeness as we can in all the relationships we participate in. People tend to think that building the kingdom of God involves doing big things for Jesus, doing projects, <laughs> volunteering at the parish, getting involved, doing missionary work, those huge things, and they can be important. But... The primary way we are called to build God's kingdom is by working to heal the damage that sin has done or is trying to do to our relationships. The kingdom of God is built bit by bit through the efforts we make to overcome the obstacles that make it difficult to connect heart to heart and soul to soul. I mean, let's remember, you know, we're destined to spend eternity not just in intimate union with God, but the communion of saints, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and so doing the work we need to do in this life to make our relationships as whole and holy as possible helps us prepare for that heavenly communion. You know, look, and it's true that there are some relationships that, that aren't going to be healed or fully realized this side of heaven. Uh, and God doesn't expect us to fix every broken relationship on our efforts alone. Thank God. <laughs> but the more we focus our energy on at least attempting to cultivate as much closeness, intimacy, openness, love, and health as we can with the people in our lives, the more we are cooperating with the grace that God is giving us and preparing ourselves to participate in that ultimate union of heaven. Well, that's a whole lot of highfalutin theology, but it has the, the, practical, <laughs> the practical ramifications of it are that, you know, we want to help you try to find the ways to heal those relationships or at least take a few steps closer toward making them a little healthier and stronger. So if you've got a strained relationship you're concerned with, give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. Then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we 
bring to you those people we care about or have to deal with, but for whatever reason are difficult to get along with the way we would like. Whether there's something coming between us or that we're having a hard time seeing eye to eye or overcoming hurts or offenses they've committed against us or just bridging the gap for whatever reason, we're asking you now to help us to heal your body and to create communion by finding the next steps toward bringing more closeness between us and those people. Give us the wisdom that we need to know the steps, the compassion that we need, the fortitude that we need to keep fighting the good fight and building your kingdom by working to heal all of these relationships through your grace. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, strong relationships. If you're dealing with a difficult relationship with someone you care about um, and you aren't sure what the next steps might be toward making that relationship a little healthier, a little stronger, a little closer, give us a call. It's 877-573-7825 and we'll help you take those next steps toward healing and strengthening those strained relationships. With that, let's go to the calls. Lisa, who's on deck? We're talking to our first caller today who's listening to EWTN Radio and the Northwest Online One. Oh, I think she may have just, oh, dropped, just dropped it as, as I was inviting her in. So let's go to Mary, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Mary. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. I'm having an issue with my husband. He has been hiding his drinking issues for about two years now. He hides Mm. the alcohol, and I don't know what to do. Now, I confronted him about it. He's not very receptive to what I've been telling him or praying for him. He doesn't want to pray with me. I don't know what else to do. We've been married for 55 years, and it's the first time he has done this. He has become an alcoholic, and he drinks all day, all night. Oh, wow. Mary, do you have other people in your life as well that, that, that care about your husband too, like children, for example, or other folks who would be able to come alongside of you and confront him? I do, and I spoke to them about him. I spoke to my, my children about him to tell him mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, I'm afraid that if they approach him that he will be very hostile as far as his, his tone, not violent as far as hitting them, but will reject their, their information or advice. And I want to be clear again, you're, you, have not, you do not have a concern that if a group of people who care about him came around you and went and, and tried to intervene in some way, that he would harm you physically in any way, correct? You are not he afraid not of violence. He will not harm me physically, but he will not ever forget that I mentioned it to anyone else. Well, okay. that's okay, um, you know, because that, that's what alcoholics do. No, I, I, and alcoholics are... are, are unhealthily private they they are it's part of what lets them continue but i i want to ask you this marion and you don't have to answer me i just want you to think about it in your heart for a minute and what your reaction is if god forbid a million times your husband had every sign that he had cancer and you were trying to get him to a doctor to save his life and you knew that if you went to your children, to your friends, to your pastor, 
and they came and spoke to him and revealed that you told them in order to help get him to a doctor or a hospital, and you knew that he was going to be mad at you for a long time for telling them that, but you were able to save his life with that intervention. Just sit with that in your heart for a minute. Would you do it? My feeling is, Mary, of course you would. You know, the the thing is... um He's, he will be mad at you and the children for confronting him um, because he loves the alcohol more than he loves you guys right now. And that's, that's, that's a feature of addiction. You know, from a spiritual perspective, um, drugs and alcohol are, are, are kind of a, a false god. Um, because when we're drunk or we're high, we have this sort of sense of, of transcendence. We have this sense of boundlessness and ultimacy. And the problem is, of course, that, that uh, when, we, when we get sober again, all those feelings go away. And, and the more we, so we just try to pursue that even more. And if that's where the addiction cycle comes in. I need that feeling to feel alive. Uh, and now you're trying to take that away from me. You know, he'll be angry with you until he gets sober um and but but um the alternative is for him to die because of what he's doing and not just and die, die physically but die having destroyed relationships destroyed the union he's supposed to have with others that we were talking about in our section on the theology of the body possibly dying with his soul in a place that's not ready to spend eternity with god that's a heavy thing to deal with and if somebody loves him you anybody else who loves him can intervene and try to break that cycle and get him healthy that's that doesn't just have consequences for his physical health it has huge repercussions and and consequences good ones if you can intervene for his spiritual health for the state of his soul and the state of all of his relationships this is really very important to be brave about now um i would encourage you to um start attending some al-anon groups which is the group of a support group for people who have a loved one dealing with uh, alcohol addiction um i would also encourage you to get in touch with some local rehab uh, drug and alcohol rehab facilities uh, to see if there is someone there who could help you stage an intervention an intervention is when you and and his loved ones get together and confront him in a in a very systematic way. Yeah, it's not I want to be clear on that to anybody who's listening and dealing with this whether it's you Mary specifically or others who are saying, "Oh, well, I'm hearing this now for the first time I want to do this." This is not about a group of people getting together and just ganging up on somebody without any kind of professional support. This would support. be working with a therapist who who could coach all of you on how to respond to your husband. Uh, and and you would time that for you know when the hospital had an opening for someone, so that the intervention when when at the end of the intervention you'd be able to take him directly to rehab. That's the best way to go with it. So you know talk with your kids uh, and anyone else who loves him about you know maybe doing this. Reach out to a local drug and alcohol rehab facility. Start going to Al-Anon yourself to, so that you can get the support that you need for dealing with this. Support if, and resources from the people who really know. But the, the issue here is not, um, will you make your husband mad? Um, and this is a good general rule of thumb for anybody who's listening and, and is struggling to know whether I should say something or do something or not. Our, our uh, mission as Christians is to work for the good of the people around us. It's not to make them happy. It's not to... 
uh, you know, not ruffle their feathers or rock the boat. It's to say, it's to prayerfully decide what would be the response I could make to this situation that would genuinely work for this person's good and ultimate good, help them be more of the person God created them to be. Uh, And in this case, that means confronting him with this very dangerous habit he's developed um, and inviting him to a healthier relationship with himself, with you, with the kids, with God. Uh, So Mary, as painful and as difficult as this is, the path forward is clear. Get the support that you need to cope, but also um, to confront him directly and consistently and persistently until he gets the help that he needs. Thank you so much for the call. We've added you, your husband, in fact, your whole family to our More to Life prayer list. And if there's more that we can do to support you moving forward, don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the show. And with that, we have to head to our break, but we are taking your calls on our show today titled Strong Relationships. You know, is something coming between you and someone you care about? Maybe you're struggling to see eye to eye about something, or that person has hurt you in some way. Maybe you're not sure why you're having a hard time connecting with that important person in your life. You just know that the relationship isn't what you'd like it to be. And whether we're talking about your spouse, one of your kids, whether they're younger kids and one one of them is just hard to get along with, or or an an adult kid who you're struggling with, or extended family, friends, co-workers, people in your parish, we want to help you heal those relationships and identify the next steps forward to strengthening those strained connections. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. When we come back, in addition to taking your calls, we'll be joined by Damon Owens of Joyful Ever After, a Theology of the Body-Based Marriage Ministry. He'll be sharing some Theology of the Body-Based insights on how we can and why we should strengthen those strained relationships. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues after the break. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I went to Las Vegas years and years ago for one of these cable shows. And and I was uh, shocked to see all these old ladies in their 70s and 80s getting off that plane, running for a slot machine. You don't have a chance to win. They're all fixed. I know, my uncle used to have slot machines. (laughs) EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. 
This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Strong Relationships. As we talk about dealing with those difficult relationships in your life, whether you're having a hard time connecting with someone important to you or just not sure why that relationship isn't going the way you'd like, let us help you figure out the next steps toward taking those relationships from strained to strong. 877-573. 7825. Joining us right now, Damon Owens. He and his wife, Melanie, are the founders and directors of JoyfulEverAfter.org, a Theology of the Body-based marriage ministry. Hey, Damon. Welcome to More to Life. Thank you. Good morning, guys. Well, good to have you with us. So, you know, we're talking about those strained relationships and and what the mm-hmm. Theology of the Body can teach us about why we should work on them and, and, to, and even to some degree how we should work on them. Yeah, you know, I love this topic, and I'm always grateful that you guys uh, spend such good skill-based attention to helping in those difficult situations. But, you know, I think the theology of the body at its you know, zooming out really helps us to appreciate what's hard to appreciate when there's a crisis, and that's really the mystery. The mystery, the wonder, the fascination of this whole world and this realm that we call relationships. And John Paul II gave depth to it in the sense of how we relate to one another. He also gave, gave really a sublime, uh, you know, supernatural approach in beginning in the very inner life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the human person made directly by God, not just in Genesis, but at every moment of conception. And then as you spoke, focus on how do we flourish in this life, in our relationships with each other, in a certain sense with ourselves and, and with God, how do we live it? And I think returning back to that wonder and fascination, for me, it releases from the, the the tension, the doubt, the fear of when I'm in these bad situations, these bad relationships or good relationships that go bad, the crisis itself seems to take over, take over my emotion. I have feelings about it. Then I have feelings about my feelings. And then I doubt who I am. I doubt who the world is, why I'm here, my purpose, and how come I'm not happy. You know, this is a spiral that happens yes. that, that, again, you guys provide such great skill for. But I think the gift of a theology of the body is not some on-the-shelf, you know, dust-gathering, esoteric idea, but it's a reminder, it's a call to go back to the wonder that is in and through these relationships that we don't just attend to when we're in crisis, but these are the things that really bring us wholeness and joy, and it's worth it. It's worth coming to the truth about who we are as a body and soul, it's worth coming to the truth of where we come from and the truth of God and where we're going in intimate communion with him. But then how along the way we become who we are, John Paul II would always say. Well, let's, let, let's look at that just briefly, you know, the idea of, of becoming who we are. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we do that through these relationships, right? I mean, how, how, but, yes. but how? I mean, how, why, why, why do relationships help us become who we are, according to the theology of the body? 
So there's a, there's a theological sense, and John Paul II was a part of a group in the Second Vatican Council, and you can see this in Gaudium et Spes, is man, the only creature willed for his own sake, cannot even find himself except through a sincere gift of self. So it's, it's a lot of words to basically get at what we know as humans, that you don't, we're not born in a bubble, we're not born isolated, we don't find joy in isolation permanently, and we're not made to be alone. So what does that mean? It means that there's a truth about who we are, made male and female, made human with a body, an eternal soul from a God who's pure communion. So we exercise, we experience, we encounter literally everything through our relation with it, ourselves, others. And each person brings out something in us. We bring out something in them. Uh, we re it's a revelation. So what, what, the, what the theology body grounds us in is that it is theological. It's not just biological. It's not just cultural, anthropological. It's not just sociological, psychological, or any of the different boxes that we have. But it truly is the most total human vision when we experience communion, I'm sorry, relationship that leads to communion, then we actually experience the deepest theological truths that we try to put words around. And so I guess in a sense, going back to what we were saying earlier in the program, you know, building the kingdom of God really is at least from the theology of the body's perspective, about working on those relationships and doing what we can to cooperate with God's grace to heal the damage that sin tries to do to them. Amen. And again, I would, I would even go deeper and say that it is the entire gospel and that the theology of the body gives us a vocabulary. It gives us a framework, a schema to understand what Christ came to reveal, what's in Genesis to Revelation, the understanding of the old covenant, the new covenant, the whole reason we have church. The theology body really is a lens to understand what was already here and already there. And in that sense, yes, the kingdom of God itself is intimate union with God. And everything we do either draws us toward that or keeps us from it. Damon, I want to thank you for being with us and encourage our listeners to go to joyfuleverafter.org to learn more about your Theology of the Body-based marriage ministry. It's terrific work, and please give our best to Melanie as well. Yes, thank you so much. Always great to be with you guys. God great bless to be you. with you. Thank you. And listeners, we're taking your calls today about dealing with those strained relationships. I mean, look, on a human level, the easiest thing to do is just say, well, heck with them. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just, I have it. other things to deal with. I'm just going to try to forget about them. Um, it doesn't know, work. Though. No, it doesn't work. Uh, you know, we, we, we try to avoid it, but then those irritations come back up and or they do new things. We want to help you identify the next steps toward doing what Damon was talking about, healing those relationships, or at least doing your best to heal those relationships. And it's true, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, not all those relationships are going to be healed this side of heaven, but we can do what we can to cooperate with God's grace to make them a little stronger, a little healthier, a little holier even. So give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573-7825. Let us help you take those relationships from strained to strong once again. We'll be back taking your calls in just a minute. Stick around. The best way for the church to respond to this new woke religion is to actually begin to see it as religious. What they're offering is a new sense of believing, a new sense of belonging, and a new sense of behaving. They have new commandments uh, regarding tolerance and inclusivism and multiculturalism and egalitarianism. And what's remarkable about this 
is that the woke people seem to think that the Christian faith is a barrier. Look, Christianity has always taught that the gospel was a universal message. Christ died for all. All human beings are created in the image and likeness of God. And we all have solidarity in the fact that we sin. And yet the church gets no credit for its great cultural achievements. Look, the church has already welcomed every nation, family, and tribe. We are the first universal people. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. Ah, I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence, awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh yes, let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man while the police were coming, the ambulance. They removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. Did you know that up to 20% of Americans suffer from serious levels of anxiety? We all feel anxious from time to time, but when anxiety starts harming our health, relationships, or everyday activities, it's probably time to seek some advice. The good news is that anxiety wasn't part of God's blueprint for the human person. It's just one of many symptoms of a world broken by sin. And just as God wants to liberate each of us from sin and death, He wants to free each of us from unhealthy worry and anxiety too. St. Francis de Sales, for example, battled anxiety as a young man. Later in life, he wrote that, quote, anxiety is the greatest evil that can befall a soul except sin, unquote. But with God's help, he overcame his anxiety and went on to become one of the church's greatest spiritual teachers. Even though anxiety disorders have complex physical, psychological, and spiritual causes, God literally created us with the capacity to live in his peace, not just in the next life, but right now. To learn more about God's promise of peace, check out my book, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety. And if you'd like more grace-filled assistance in your battle against fear, worry, or anxiety, visit catholiccounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchek. I'm Dr. Greg Popchek, and today's show is titled Strong Relationships, as we talk about helping you deal with those difficult relationships. And maybe, you're, maybe you've got a difficult relationship, or you're just in a relationship with somebody who's difficult. Either way, we want to help you find ways to take that relationship from strained to strong. Give us a call at 877 before we go to our next caller, we want to ask you for your help for our friends at Divine Mercy Radio in North Carolina. They need to hear from you next week. They're airing their 2023 Fall Pledge Drive all next week. So if you are listening to AM 540 in the greater Raleigh area or anywhere... 
please support your EWTN Catholic radio station. And then listeners, that goes for all of the stations that you're tuning in on. So please make sure that you are supporting your local Catholic radio station during their fall drive or any time throughout, throughout the year. Make sure to keep them in your prayers, but also support them with your dollars too so that we can keep Catholic radio going strong for generations to come and supporting you in living a more faithful and abundant life. All right, with that, we are taking your calls here today on More to Life on our show titled Strong Relationships is Something Coming Between You and Someone You Care About. That might be someone close to you, like your spouse or one of your kids, whether they're younger children and one of them is harder to get along with, or adult kids that you are struggling with. Could be extended family, a brother, a sister, a parent, a friend, someone at work, or your parish, whoever it is, we want to help you heal those relationships and identify the next steps toward making them a little stronger, a little healthier, hey, maybe even a little holier. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Brittany, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi. Thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I have an 11-year-old stepdaughter. I've known her since she was four. Um, I also have a 16-year-old stepson, and then I have a three-year-old daughter of my own and an eight-year-old or eight-month-old son, um, just to kind of okay. give you the dynamic there. But um, the 11-year-old stepdaughter, uh, we've we've been struggling with her for years with defiance, um, not, not taking accountability, uh, just things like that over time, no, no responsibilities, uh, mean comments, bad attitudes. Um, and now that, you know, I have my own, my own kids, you know, I, I mean, I love her just as, as I love my own kids. Um, but she questions my parenting and mm. I, I learned to, to keep my mouth shut because she does not take correction very well. I don't get much support from my husband when he ah. tries to correct her, ends up blowing up. Um, there's not a great relationship between my husband and his ex-wife. Um, her her mother. So, um, so there's that. Well, so so here's but. so as and and look, her behavior isn't isn't is inexcusable, right? I mean, I, I you know, so I want to be I want to state up front that I, I I understand that her behavior is completely inappropriate. It's not acceptable. <laughs> but but I want to I want to try to change the frame that you're seeing it through because there's a tendency for us to see this kind of behavior as disobedience or disrespect. And and what it is 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 that she's hurting and she's angry and she doesn't know how to express that hurt and anger appropriately, and especially based on and especially based on what you're saying about your husband and her relationship, uh, and then the relationship between you know your husband and his ex. There's a lot. She's living in a lot of tension, um, mm-hmm. and that she doesn't know how to deal with any of that. Does I mean does that resonate at all? Absolutely. It, it definitely. So. Does. So without addressing the bigger problem, it's going to be hard to be able to handle the, the behavior problems. What, what, you know, what, what kinds of things has your husband done to try to heal his relationship with his daughter? Uh, what, kinds of, what kinds of things have you guys tried to do together to, to address this? Because it sounds like you need some new skills. Mm-hmm. So he has conversations with her privately and says, you know, the way that that came off, can you, under- can you see how that was? really mean and hateful mm-hmm. and and her response is usually um well she made me do that it, it's never taking accountability and then it ends up blowing up where she'll run up to her room 
and then he'll try to go up and, and talk with her. Uh, okay. All right. Well, does. so 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 no, I I get what you're saying, and and that I'm glad that he's hugging her that way. And you you answered so many of my questions in terms of his relationship with his ex-wife and all of this stuff that this young lady has had to live through. Have you and your husband talked about getting into any kind of family counseling with her to help work? on the underlying anger that she's feeling, not just the, you know, situational anger? I talk with him all the time about setting up counseling, not necessarily for the three of us. So if that's something Mm. that would be effective, um, I'd like to to do that. It's very hard for him to follow through on anything that I've requested. Uh, I'm not sure if, I don't think I have, the ability to set up something if I don't have parental rights. Um, so that's kind of what no, I've been struggling with was just like yeah. to follow through with setting well, up Well, yeah, and, and if he won't set it up for her, then I would start, I would set up something for the two of you because um, even if you're saying, you know, well, we, you know, we're getting along, okay, why would we need to go to counseling together? B- because the two of you need to learn together how to handle her more effectively and it would be more efficient if the three of you could go together but if if not there's still a lot that can be done with a counselor kind of working with you and, and your husband on this now in the in the meantime what i'd like to suggest is you know he's saying to her you know he's trying to be sensitive and saying you know can you see how this is mean or whatever that's not quite addressing though what what i was suggesting at the beginning here right which is that you know because he's still trying to address the problem behavior and again i understand why that her behavior is unacceptable what 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 needs to happen though is for for ideally him and or you uh, to say look all right i understand that you're hurting or i understand that you're angry about something can you tell me what you're angry about and then get her to express it right and then say all right let's talk about how could you express that in a way that we could hear because when you say it the way you said it it just makes us have to discipline you and then you don't feel like you're heard and we feel hurt uh and we, we we're talking past each other so what I want to do is I want to help you express that frustration or that anger or that pain in a way that, that is appropriate and can get you heard. Let's talk about that. Right? Because the, the problem, you know, she's, she's having to negotiate a lot of really complex relationship stuff that, that's hard for, you know, you and your husband to negotiate, right? Uh, and she's only 11. So we have, to, we have to start by identifying, you know, what the, the pain is and the frustration is and then saying, okay, you know, you, you have every right to those feelings. You don't have a right to express them that way. You can so, express them, just not, not that, that way. way. So let's talk about how you could say that you were upset, or you could say that you were frustrated, or that you. How, let's let's help you find the language to express that. Now, um, there are two books that I'd like to turn you on to. Um, one of them is ours, "Parenting Your Kids with Grace," uh, which looks at uh, parenting issues from kind of birth to age eleven. Um, and there's another book that I'd like you to take a look at as well, um, How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk. She's, she's not quite a teen, she's a tween, but, but I think that that would be a great resource for you as well, and that's by Faber and Mazelish. So uh, our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, and then Faber and Mazelish, Mazelish's classic book, How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk, because this is really all about, it's, it's not really so much about discipline as it is about teaching how to express strong feelings and frustrations in a way that's appropriate 
in a way that's respectful, in a way that the grown-ups can hear it. Because when kids say these kinds of things, our initial and understandable reaction is, you can't talk like, like that, and she can't talk like that. But if we don't give her another way to express that, all she does is feel shut down and alienated and not heard. So then she runs away and hides out in her room and, and just seethes with resentment because, you know, Dad and my evil stepmother aren't willing to listen to me. And let's be, let's be clear, we're <laughs> not saying, calling you no. that. That's what her rage and her pain is probably saying to her in her her head and I really would like you to talk with your husband about the fact that if you read these two books and you get some extra skills from them and possibly getting into therapy at least the two of you together on learning how to do this you'll have the way through all of these triggering I hate the word but because it's so overused but they're triggering moments for her when you see these this flash behavior and this nastiness and this you know just unkindness toward you it's really just you know that straw that broke the camel's back for her in that moment and suddenly all of her abandonment issues from the divorce all of her anger from whatever her mother's saying about her father all of her fear that you know, the children that you and your husband have together are replacing her in some way and you love them more there is so much visceral pain and fear underneath everything it's a river that's running underground for her all the time even if all the adults in her life tried their best divorce just does this and so she really does need to have a really safe and trustworthy relationship with her parents so that that can all be healed as well. It's not about just the behavioral issues of the moment. Yeah, well, and there's a great book, actually, that speaks to everything Lisa was just saying. It's by Elizabeth Marquardt, and it's called Between Two Worlds, The Inner Lives of Children of Divorce. I, I, it would really help you understand kind of what she's going through from her experience. None of that excuses her behavior. I want to be clear about that. She needs your help in learning how to express that pain and that frustration and that anger in appropriate ways that would allow you guys to help her instead of just having to discipline her. Um, but but th- those three resources would be tremendous. So I'll just recap. Our book, Parenting Your your, your Kids with Grace, um, Favor Mazelish's book, Parent, uh, how, Parent, how to how Talk So Teens Will Talk yeah. and Talk So... Let me try that again. How to Listen So Teens Will Talk and Talk So Teens Will Listen by Fazer Majelis. And then the last book I mentioned, um, Between Two Worlds, The Inner Lives of Children of Divorce. If you'd like um, some faithful support in learning how to kind of heal these relationships, you can reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We'd be happy to walk with you through this, uh, you and your husband, to identify some you know, really appropriate ways to uh, help her move past this behavior. Start with the suggestions that we've made here about identifying the pain and saying, okay, let's talk about how to express that in more appropriate ways and really teaching her and even role-playing with her. Um, start with those things, but if there's more support, if you need more support, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. All right, as we are heading out to our break, it's time for our scripture that comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And again, this really speaks to our point here, that building the kingdom of God means working to do our best to heal the relationships that we that are strained. You know, being a peacemaker is not being a smoother overer. It's not being somebody who just ignores the problems. Uh, St. Augustine reminds us that, that peace is the tranquility that results from right order. So being a peacemaker means working to create right order in all of our relationships, cooperating with God's grace to do our best anyway, to heal the damage that sin does to all of our relationships. And God does not expect us to heal all these relationships on our own power. If the other person won't play ball, 
there's not always a lot we can do, uh, and God doesn't hold us accountable for that. But we are obliged to do what we can to at least invite that other person to play the game. And if they're willing to, to work with them to, to try to make that relationship as healthy as we can. So let us help you do that today on More to Life. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue right after the break. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. Is social media leading to more young women getting cosmetic surgery? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our daughter and family just welcomed a new baby girl into the world. The boys in our family are now outnumbered for sure. I've witnessed how some of our girls often struggle with self-image and body issues. These issues are now being enhanced by social media. First Peter teaches us that it is not outward beauty that is important, but it should be that of our inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Studies indicate that young women are going under the knife for more cosmetic procedures in direct response to social media. Encourage the women in your life to practice self-compassion. Build them up. Help them find ways to be content in their own skin. True self-esteem is having confidence that I am who God says I am. For more on this, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. We're so glad to be with you today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is called Strong Relationships. We talk about dealing with those difficult relationships or relationships with difficult people mm-hmm. that you'd like to heal. You know, because, well, it's just hard to deal with those situations, and those people can make us feel really pretty frustrated, and it's not a lot of fun. So let us help you identify those next steps to cooperating with God's grace so that you can take those relationships from strained to supportive. 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Janet on line four. Janet, from Listening in Missouri on Catholic Covenant Radio, what can we do for you today? Oh, good morning. I'm having um, problems dealing with my son, adult son and daughter-in-law, who have two young children, our only grandchildren. Uh, We've had great relationships uh, previously, but since last September, we ran into, I guess, a trigger moment 
our daughter-in-law, I believe, has a slight anxiety issue. We were helping her over a weekend while our son was working and, you know, helping her with the children and housework and whatnot. Um, but some little things happened that uh, we didn't realize at the time were really bothering her. And then afterwards, she sends a nasty text that that we uh, were disrespecting her um, and it, it just came across really um, harsh to us. So we didn't reply right away, but eventually we did. We talked on the phone. We um, sent emails and apologized, you know, did not realize. And we thought everything was okay. And she um, came to Thanksgiving. They both did with the children. It was all good, we thought. But then it got close to Christmas and um, she had sent another nasty email saying that on the sum of my actions and she brought up little things from four years ago and um she uh, we found out and she didn't really talk anymore that she wasn't coming for christmas weather was bad and it was okay for our son to come by himself no kids and we're like well no you need to be with your family don't try to come out so we did not see them over christmas and then still did not hardly speak to them. And finally, the end of January, they said we could come visit them. So we go, but she meanwhile says, now there's new rules. I need to talk to you about these new rules. And before you come in, so we get there and she meets us at the front door and is just going on and on about my body, my life and being pro-choice. And she can't believe that we're so pro-life that um, that it's just not right that her daughter wouldn't be allowed to have an abortion. And we're just like aghast at where this is coming from. So then we find out finally that I had a pro-life Facebook post and um, she had commented on it and I did not want to get an argument with her on Facebook over the issue because I... I just didn't want to deal with that, so I defriended her. So I guess that's what really sent her in a tizzy. So, so anyway. just in the interest of time now, where do things stand now, and what's your question for us today? Okay, so this happened in January. We had not had any visits with her. Finally, our son came with their youngest child to visit us at our at his brother's house near them. And it was wonderful, got to visit, everything was great with him. But then just a few days later, she sends a text, oh, because we sent her a birthday card two weeks prior. We had sent her a birthday card, and she said, I haven't spoken to you in eight months, and that's for a reason. I do not want to have any uh, contact with you. So do not try to do that again. So where's your son in all this? Well, we found out that he is um, um, atheist, so it makes it really hard that they don't believe like we do. So, uh, but he, I think I can still talk to him. 
Well, I but I guess okay. I mean, that's really painful. Obviously, I mean, you know, that that that's just devastating. But but I but there's you know, he's still a human being, and there are certain and there you know whether he's whether whatever he believes, there are healthy ways to deal with conflict and unhealthy ways to deal with conflict, even if you're an atheist. So I guess what, what right. I'm trying well, to get at is in your conversation, have you spoken with him about? You know about kind of where things are at, and and what would need to happen to to really approach these differences in a healthy way. Yeah, well, we have in the past since this last text, which just happened. Uh, I have not. I've been waiting to try to figure out how to deal with that. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, again, the, the the first point of contact should be your son, and I, it sounds to me like you you don't really talk with him as much as you need to as well to to going to have a, a a way forward with this. How, how often do you communicate with your son? Oh, maybe once every other week, maybe. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, now in our book, how to, uh, having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with adult sons and daughters, which I'd really encourage you to, to pick up uh, as a follow-up to the call, you know, one of the points that we um, make in there is that the relationship, any relationship needs to be deep enough to contain the conversations we want to have. In other words, if, if we're not interacting with anybody, but especially our adult kids on a regular basis, if we're not having, you know, more me- if we're not having conversations that go beyond, so what'd you do, you know, since the last time we talked and, and you know, we're, then, then suddenly going to let's talk about our relationship or let's talk about our faith uh, feels like a violation because it's, it's, it's moving too deep, too fast. And so the first step in healing this relationship would be establishing more regular contact with your son, um, just on a more superficial level. Um, but I also think that because things are as strained as they are with, with your daughter-in-law, um, mentioning in there that, look, you know, I, am, I appreciate that, you know, we're in very different places with regard to our beliefs. But, you know, there are still healthy ways to deal with conflict that have nothing to do with that. There, there, are, there are healthy ways to, to manage the differences between us and, and unhealthy ways. There are ways that help put out the fires and ways that just pour gas on those fires. And I'd really love to explore with you ways that we could work together to, if I mean, ideally overcome those differences. But, but if not, then at least find ways to pour water on those fires rather than gas. Uh, to find ways to, to respectfully engage each other rather than whatever this was that we've been doing, you know, how could we work on that together? Now, if he's open to maybe meeting with with uh, uh, the counselor, and if you guys you guys aren't in the same area, you can do it uh, by remotely. Uh, that would be fantastic, but that's not always possible, and they're not always open to it. But at the least, at the very least, first steps, increasing the kind of contact that you're having with him. You know, sending a text every day, hey, I'm just thinking about you, this happened. You know, keep it superficial, keep it light, but 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 try to build more of a, a, a relationship there. When you and then when you do talk with him, you know, you have you've had a lot of exchanges that you can kind of refer back to, but then in those conversations you can mention, hey, I'd really like to find you know, healthy ways to kind of work around or at least work through these differences. Um, and to find, you know, respectful ways to engage with each other instead of whatever's been happening. What do you think we can do? Um, and, and, and really just try to start engaging him because he's your way in, right? She, she, she thinks that she can just be done with you. And, you know, practically speaking, she can. Um, but your son still has a relationship with you and there's still hope there as long as you have him to, to mediate and, and not to take up your part with his wife. But to rather say to her, look, honey, you, you have a right to feel whatever you feel about my parents, but there are healthy ways to deal with those feelings and unhealthy ways to deal with those feelings. And, and we need, I, need, I need to make sure that, you know, because I love you, 
that we're doing what we can to be healthy, you know, and to be appropriate, to be respectful and be grown-ups. Uh, so he, that, that he's your best way in. So the more you deepen that relationship with him, the more contact you can have with him, the more leverage ultimately you'll have about healing this thing. But, the, but, if, but, but letting it go where you're talking with him every other week or so, it's just not going to be enough to, uh, to heal the damage that's been done. Thank you for the call. As a follow-up, I'd really encourage you to check out our book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's available at catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. And listeners, if you'd like more faithful support in healing those difficult relationships that you're in, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com, where you can work with a faithful Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life. That's catholiccounselors.com. And get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because with His grace, there really is so much more to life. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.